everyone, my name is Amna Tariq. I am here again with another installment of Interviews for Latinx Heritage Month. I am here with Daniel. Daniel, can you introduce yourself? Give me your name, grade, pronouns, and how you identify. Hello, my name is Daniel. I go by he, him. I'm in ninth grade. And I, I'm, I call myself a Latino. I'm originally from Dominican Republic in the Caribbean. So all my other Dominicans, hello. Um, okay, cool. Thank you for that. Um, so to start us off, very simple, very broad, very general. Um, what does Latinx Heritage Month mean to you? So if I'm being honest, I never knew that us Latinos even had a month until recently. So I think that reflects how overlooked it's been. Because I, I never even, I found out that we had a month like probably a few months ago and and then during that month i barely saw like anyone even acknowledging it like even on social media well i might have not seen the right places but what, what from what i was seeing there was not a lot of like engagements in the month so it's kind of like overlooked to me mm-hmm. even when it should be like celebrated of course yeah no i hear you completely um like I know you mentioned that like you didn't really know that Latin X month like really existed um, up until very recently. But like if you knew that it existed previously, like how would you have like wanted to like celebrate it or see yourself like within like the Latin X community and like highlighting this sort of month for yourself and other folks who identify the same way? Well, if I had known it before, I think that I would feel like during the time of the month, I would feel a lot more proud to be Latino than I already was. Because I, myself, do think that I'm very prideful, in fact, that I'm Latino, but uh, if I had known that we even had, we had a month, I thought that, I think that that could have, like, helped me, you know, get other Latinos who were not as prideful to um, get them to understand that being Latino is amazing and everything. Oh my gosh, I love that. So can you tell me a little bit more about, like, what are some, like, you mentioned that you're a very, like, prideful Latino man, I'd love to hear it. Um, so, like, what are some things that showcase, like, your pride in being Latino? Like, are there certain, like, dances or foods or songs or things of, like, that nature that's specific to, like, your culture that you just love to embrace? So, like, the thing is, this is not for all Latinos, um, pe- Dominicans have been known to be super prideful in being Dominican, and I'm, like, literally fit into that stereotype so well. I'm <laughs> always talking about Dominican Republic. Not always. But I love just incorporating the Dominican Republic because I love my heritage from there. And all the other Dominicans that I know, they are also super prideful of the fact that they're from this country. And most of some of the cultural things that I really like is all our amazing foods and desserts. And on top of that, I'm super grateful to my mom and my aunts for forcing me to learn our um, <laughs> our cultural dances like bachata and merengue and I'm also thankful that they um, played their Dominican music for me and now I really like it and I know that my brother and my cousin who are also both Dominicans they it's hard for them to really get into the Dominican music like it was for me. So I think that they really need to um, understand that our culture is beautiful and listening to the music is not going to make you any less cool than anyone else. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to give me like a dance lesson or like, <laughs> so recommend some songs or any like music or things like that. Um, I love that. Um, so you briefly mentioned food and y'all, as y'all heard from Emily's interview, I am hungry. We are doing these during a lunch. Um, so can you share some of like your favorite foods from your culture and stuff like that? Maybe like a recipe or a time like you made them or something like that? So there's this dish that my mom and my aunt literally make every day and I swear my brother gets tired of it, but I (laughs) never get tired of it. I love it so much. It's called, um, it's like platanos maduro con huevo. Yeah, he said. So it's basically, um, boiled plantains with eggs and pepper and onion. And I know it's, it sounds weird to other people because I've gotten comments saying that it sounds disgusting, but in, it really is just so good. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the plantains were boiled so they're mushy and you eat them with the eggs. The eggs were cooked with like the onion and the pepper and all together in one bite. It's amazing. Y'all, I'm getting hungry. That sounds so good. Oh my goodness. Wow, it's so, oh my gosh. Wow. And then like another thing that I really love is el mangu y los tres golpes, which translates to mangu and the like three strikes. So it's basically mangu is also boiled plantains, but instead of eating like it whole, they, you make it into like a mashed potato kind of texture with butter and oil. And then the tres golpes are fried egg, fried salami, fried cheese, and then there's also tostones, which is also plantains. We love our plantains. Um, tostones is just like fried plantain that's smashed into a little circle with salt. And then we also have fried cheese, fried salami, and fried egg with that. And it's just amazing. So I know where I'm going like after this. I don't have to come to your place and get some food. I gotta come to your crib. Um, wow, that sounds amazing and very delicious. Um, yeah. So like, um, so in addition to like food and like dance and music and stuff like that, like what are some other like things that you wish people knew about like Dominican culture and like what it means to be like Latinx? Like are there any things like within the Latinx communities, like struggles that like you like feel like your community and you face specifically um, with your other like identi- uh, identities um, and stuff like that that like you want to like kind of like address? Yeah, so I think it's really hard for Latinos to break through many stereotypes because we really, I'm, I just want to speak on what I've noticed. We really feed into the stereotypes made for us. Like, for example, I don't know how, if any other Dominicans at the school has heard this stereotype, but there's a stereotype about specifically Dominicans that Dominicans are loud. And it would sound rude to, it was kind of rude, but if I'm being honest, we are loud. Like, <laughs> I'm... No shame in it, though. No shame in it. Right. That. Like, some stereotypes are, are just hard to break through because it's just our habit. And... Being loud is not less than making me less of a person because that's just, it's just like a, a stupid stereotype, you know? And then like a stereotype for, I know, most of the Latinx community is that Latinos and Latinas are toxic in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you ever heard, la toxica? I think that's a super dumb 
call it like grooming all these Latinos as toxic partners, and that's why pe- people who have like a weird fetish want to date them. Mm-hmm. I think it's just we need to get rid of those stereotypes and not feed into them. No, for sure, totally. Um, yeah, it's very disgusting. Like the fetishize, excuse me, the fetishization of like Latino women, especially, and the like hypermasculization then of like let Latino men. Like I've observed that, especially like. Um, in my time, not only at, like, Berkeley Carroll, but just generally, and, like, especially on social media. Um, but, like, you mentioned, like, briefly, like, before, like, being loud was, like, kind of, like, this, like, very, like, integral part of being, like, Latinx, and how, like, you really, like, enjoy embracing that part of you, and even though, like, it is, like, a stereotype that comes with a negative connotation, it's also a very beautiful thing. But, like, are there other parts of, like, your Latinx, like, identity that are so integral to you that you didn't know like, you stepped into, like, Berkeley Carroll, you know, our PWI, and you were like, oh, this is, like, a Dominican thing. This is not, like, a white people thing. <laughs> yeah. One thing that, it wasn't really Berkeley Carroll that made me notice this. Mm-hmm. I actually knew it before, that the struggle with Latino and Latina bodies is crazy with, like, um, but either body shaming mm-hmm. or just, like, you know having a weird fetish because Latino people are have like this figure that's described as perfect. Um, it's like a stereotype that Latinos are like, I don't know, the our um, last form. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about, and for all Latinos too, like say, um, get having this physical attribute only for a sign for like one sex is, not what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and also how you said like with fetishizing latino like well, other races fetishize latino women um i even though i'm not a woman i literally experienced that because i look like a woman mm-hmm. to some people who are just close-minded like many people either treat me as a woman or look at me as a woman and then and then bring in the stereotypes on Latino women when I'm not even a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's kind of, it's really weird for me, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, like, this notion of, like, fetishization and, like, hypersexualization, um, particularly, like, within, like, the Latinx community, as someone that does not identify as, like, Latina, um, is very, like, interesting, and it's especially hard, I would only imagine, as someone who's, like, in ninth grade and, like, 14. Um, but kind of, like, on that topic of, like, gender, kind of, and, like, sexuality, like, I know from, like, the three years that I took Spanish, um, at Berkeley Carroll, which is also very interesting, too, because the Spanish here is so much different from, like, Dominican Spanish, right? Um, but it's, like, Spanish is a very, like, gendered language, and as, like, we're coming to this, like, sort of, like, worldwide, like, acceptance that, like, gender is not really, like, a binary, um, like, I, like, how do you feel about when people, like, folks, like, throw around the word, like, Latino, or, like, Latina, or Latin X, like, before we started this, like, you, um, told me the word in Spanish. It was Latina. Yeah, like, how do you feel about, like, that stuff, and also how, like, people, like, sort of, like, misgender you or treat you differently because of, like, the way that you present yourself? So, as you said, Spanish is, like, Spanish and French are probably like the most gendered languages ever. Like Ordo too, Ordo's pretty up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just everything has a gender and 
In English, you just use the, but in Spanish, you use la and el, and la will be for the feminine, el will be for the masculine. And so I find it hard for, I find it hard to refer to my friends that go by they, them, to refer to when I want to speak in Spanish about them. I find it really hard to um, say something that will go with their pronouns, you know, because mm -hmm. I have no idea if there even is a they, them in Spanish. I mean, there is, but that's when you're talking about plural. You know, like if there if there were if you if there was two amnas, I'd be that I would say them. I mean, hey, there could always be. I think one amna is more than enough. But <laughs> yeah, so like in, I don't know if you know, but Spanish has ellos mm -hmm. and ellas for them, and ellos and ellas is still gendered, even right. though them is supposed to be um, non-gendered. So I I feel bad for the people who refer to themselves as they them, and they're also Latinos because. I don't know how I can deal with like saying it in Spanish. Yeah, I think it's a learning process not only for you, but like a bunch of people like within like the Latinx community and also just like, again, the aforementioned Urdu speaking community, shout out to us. Um, and just like anyone that speaks another language that's very gendered. Um, but yeah, like I know we've like kind of like talked about like that's something that you want to like have people like know about like moving forward about being like Latinx, but like What's something else that you hope people can like learn about like the Latinx community moving forward into like celebrating another year of Latinx Heritage Month and like just like not even like like within the month but like moving on like every day should be like Latinx like appreciation and like acknowledgement day. So really I want people to know that of course don't just like assume every Latin person is the same Latinx person is the same because within a race everyone is different in one way or another so you really can't group an entire race even if it seems you can yeah thank you uh thank you um so that's kind of like all the time we have for today sadly but thank you so much for sharing with us daniel it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast um yeah and this was the final interview installment for bcast the latinx heritage month edition so thank you all for listening and as always i'm amna i'm daniel and that was VCast. Thank you. Woo.